Welcome back to Restorative Grief with Mandy Capehart. You are listening to episode 36, titled A Few Thoughts on FOMO. Hey everyone, Mandy here. Welcome back. Listen, this week's going to be a little different. I, to be honest, didn't write this one ahead of time. Well, actually, I've written it quite a few times, but it's kind of a sensitive topic. And I just got home from a work trip that I'm pretty sure has brought home illness with me. So I just haven't had time. So instead of skipping a week, instead of saying, oh, it's okay, I actually still want to have this conversation, but I'm going to have it in a very raw and real way. And this conversation about FOMO triggered um, a whole lot of thoughts because recently uh, there was an event that just brought it out of a whole bunch of people and put a whole bunch of other people on the defensive and also in this wounded place. So what we're going to talk about today is a little bit about the way we weaponize FOMO and how we can actually dismantle the grief that is underneath that fear of missing out and embrace it without causing ourselves or people that we care about any further wounds. But like I said, this one is unedited and unfiltered. So good luck, everybody. You're about to get a very different version of me, or maybe not. You never know. Let's get into it. Okay, as promised, this episode is unedited. I'm going to do my best to stay on topic, but to be completely honest, I'm not feeling 100%. I came home from a work trip, realized I'd spent very little time putting any thought into my episode because everything was chaotic and it's just me. If it were a production team, I would have written this episode months ago and someone else would be doing the editing, but it's just me. Here I am. So you're getting the best version I have right now. And honestly, it's worth it. I know that these episodes may seem small and pithy, but I know that there are so many of you listening who have felt heard and seen and known and loved through every one of these. And so I will continue to show up for you. So this week, we're going to talk a little bit about FOMO, the fear of missing out. FOMO is one of those emotions we all experience, whether we want to admit it or not. And I think because we don't like admitting FOMO has hit us, we either deny it and pretend we're fine and then unintentionally weaponize it against people we care about, or we embrace it and don't know what to do with it. So we say, oh gosh, I hate FOMO. So I'm just not going to XYZ do this thing, or I'm not going to, I'm just going to pretend it's not there. (laughs) Even in the middle of feeling it, I'm just going to say, I hate this. I hate FOMO. I'm not doing it. Listen, this is coming from a place of deep rooted respect and all of the, I love your guts that I have within me. Babes, this is grief. Okay. FOMO is a manifestation of anticipatory grief. It is the idea that I am missing out on something so meaningful and so important that I'm never going to be able to experience that again, or I'm never going to experience that at all. Something is coming and I'm going to miss it, or something has happened and I don't get to hold it close anymore. Or when we do have this event or something similar again, it's not going to be the same. Because the truth is, it's not going to be the same. It will be different. And so will you. There's this book I'm reading right now. It is absolutely beautiful. 
The book is called The Book of Ichigo Ichie, The Art of Making the Most of Every Moment the Japanese Way. The subtitle says, learn to make every moment a once-in-a-lifetime experience with this definitive guide to the Japanese art of Ichigo Ichie. So I'll go into it again sometime in the future, but I found it really ironic that this was the book I was reading in this time frame recently where I got to create this incredible once-in-a-lifetime experience in my own life that absolutely flooded me with FOMO before, <laughs> during, and after. And even to this day, trying to recognize like, oh, what am I experiencing? Oh, I'm missing out on that person's life right now because I'm from a, I'm at a distance from them. What I want to talk about is how we can ensure that even as we are acknowledging our FOMO, we are embracing it and leaning into the impermanence of the moment. And I also want to talk about how to avoid weaponizing it toward the people that we care about, but feel jealous of, because that's what it is, right? So let's settle first on the idea of impermanence. Nothing in this life is permanent, love. Even if you're new here, I hope that in the couple of episodes you've heard or any of the work you've experienced in my restorative grief world, you will have known that impermanence is a big thing because embracing the idea of impermanence, embracing this lack of certainty is really crucial to recognizing and learning how to reconcile grief in your daily life because grief is not reserved for death. We know this, but let's revisit. It's available as an experience to loss of a job, missing out on an opportunity, loss of a relationship, moving. How many things can we point to and say there's grief involved there? And FOMO is no different. And so impermanence allows us to recognize how valuable our time is, how short our time is, how meaningful it can be if we will invite that presence of mind, invite the discomfort of trying to be present, even though we're feeling some kind of way about what's going on or what we're not going to have forever. And so when I think of FOMO in the midst of something happening, so my experience not wanting it to end and saying, oh, I'm so afraid of missing out on this that I just don't want it to end. So I'm just going to pretend I'm just going to be like super cool, super, you know, like detached, whatever. In my heart, that's the wrong approach because I say wrong approach. Is it the wrong approach? It's an unhelpful approach in my heart for me because I know that things are impermanent. I know that lives are impermanent. I know that I'm not promised my next breath. What if I don't say the thing? What if I don't say the thing that is so important to me to say because I'm so afraid of what it might do or what it might create or that it might make this moment real? I understand that that's a terrifying prospect. And I'm saying to fight FOMO, be courageous and say or do the thing that is terrifying to do. But that's exactly what I'm saying. We have far too many regrets in this life, far too many times that we've gotten to the end and said, well, I wish I'd only said that thing. Or if only I had done that one bucket list item, I would feel less regret. But I don't remember anyone telling a story of how their person regretted loving so deeply or making it awkward, but letting them know how much they cared because that's what this is, right? FOMO is a result of broken relationship or like a lack or a perceived lack of relationship. I don't miss out necessarily on skydiving if I'm going by myself. 
I probably miss out on the experience of skydiving with other people. I'm sorry if I just triggered people's fear of heights or skydiving. Let me try something easier. I don't miss out on getting an ice cream by myself necessarily. I can do that anytime. I miss out on the relationships with the people that I'm there. And so when we don't take the opportunity to be extravagant in our affection to people around us or excessive in the way that we express ourselves and overwhelm them, what are we even doing? Are we living passionate lives? Are we living as people who are fully alive? Or are we terrified that if we say the thing wrong, that we're going to mess up what good thing we have or what perceived good thing we have? That's a loaded question. So um, I don't pretend to know or believe that everyone is as forward as I am, but I do think we all have it in us to be honest about what we feel and insecurities and introversion and social anxieties, all of those things are valid. I'm not trying to diminish any of them. So please don't hear me saying that. But I do want to say that missing an opportunity is a form of disenfranchised grief. A lot of people shove it aside and say that that's not valid for grieving because why didn't you go or why didn't you say the thing? Listen, for all the reasons, and that's okay but I want to invite you to try. Because the truth is, if you say that, we'll use my life as an example. I like to tell my people, I'm very sorry that you're stuck with me for life. <laughs> Some of you have heard me say that. Um, if you haven't, don't take it personally. I just haven't been super aggressive because I can't be super aggressive with every person. That would be too many people. But at the end of the day, there are a good handful of individuals in this world who know that I will not go anywhere. Like if you get an Enneagram eight in your corner, they are loyal until the end, even when you mess with them. And that's another conversation, but all that to say, making it awkward means you're either going to find your people who can handle it, or you're going to know that that wasn't your person. That wasn't your person. That wasn't someone that you need to put your FOMO toward, so to speak. Right. And that's okay. Okay, I'm going to stop there because that conversation could go a lot of other directions. But let's jump back to the other side of that, right? Let's jump back to the weaponizing of FOMO or the fear of messing out. Let's pretend for a moment that all of our friends got together and we weren't invited. Or maybe we were and we were sick or things just didn't align and we couldn't make it. Or maybe there were only a few seats and ours wasn't one of them. That sucks. There's no easier way to say that that sucks. Being left out, whether intentionally or unintentionally, is painful. And it's griefy, right? That's grief when you feel like you've lost an opportunity to build connection. But what happens when we are feeling FOMO and when we name it as FOMO is we have a tendency to weaponize it with cynicism and intentions that are not pure, because we are trying to protect ourselves. So it sounds like must be nice. Wow. Looks like that was a lot of fun. Wish I could have been there. Gosh, I'm so glad you guys got a chance. I wish someone had told me it was happening or how did I just now hear about this? They sound innocuous, right? They sound honest almost like, of course, that's what you wish. But when they are framed with that cynical perspective of glad they had fun and you hear it, we may not see it if you type it online, but you hear it in your own voice. You know what you're saying, right? That creates distance between you and the very people 
or thing that you are afraid of missing out on. That is anticipatory grief. That is based on a lie that you are not enough, that you are not included, that you are not worthy. But we have to fight a way through that level of grief with awareness that that's what we're experiencing. Okay. Because otherwise we are going to let our fear create these foregone conclusions that exclude us and lead us into further pain that we don't have to live with. Dismantling FOMO as a weapon. So when it is in front of us and we don't realize that we're turning it on one another uh, is something that we do by becoming curious. We have to ask ourselves some questions. This literally is a think before you speak moment. What are you afraid of missing? Do you realize it's the relationships? And if so, what relationships there are tenuous? What ones do you feel insecure with? What are you protecting yourself against feeling if you were to say, oh man, I feel lonely. That's why I'm afraid of missing out. How can you move closer toward those people, even if you can't connect in that time frame, to deepen connection? And do you have relationship with them that that's invited? Are you actually in a relationship with those people in some way where you have access to them? Because the truth is maybe you don't. Maybe that event was your opportunity to gain connection or to deepen connection and you missed out. Okay, that's hard, but that's grief. It's easy to miss and even easier to internalize that missing out as the truth and that you're not worth the relationship when the truth is you are absolutely worth relationship. But just like I said earlier, if I haven't said, oh, you're my person for life, good luck now to you, that doesn't mean you're not valuable. It means that, oh yeah, I'm a human being with a limited capacity for relationships. And that's all of us. But when those big, griefy, emotional feelings get stirred up, it's easy to internalize them as truth and as identity. But you are not your feelings or your thoughts. You have feelings and you have thoughts. And FOMO is information. FOMO is a feeling that wants you to believe you have been left behind. And so in that time, when you feel FOMO rise up, you have the responsibility to speak back to it, to say, I'm not left out. I'm learning to create secure attachments with people in my life. And that takes unlearning any anxious attachment methods that I've used to protect myself from feeling lonely for all these years, because we have, that's what we do. We say, oh, it must be nice. Wish I could have been told about this thing earlier. And FOMO is creating this anxious attachment response that then turns into a weapon that you aim at someone you care about to say, why didn't you include me? How dare you? Does that make sense? I really hope I'm making sense because this is me preaching to me here. I have gone through this so many times, but we cannot deepen our connections with people around us when we use our hurt as a tool to publicly shame people or to try and feel seen, to try and be honest in communication. We have to use nonviolent communication to do it. So that means not weaponizing anything. That means being curious, asking questions and creating empathy and drawing a line between ourselves and the other person, as opposed to snipping the scissors that draws the string between us and saying like, oh, must've been nice. I'm hurt now. It's okay to be hurt. But when we lash out from that hurt, it begets more hurt, right? 
So violent communication doesn't generate empathy or intimacy. It creates sympathy. Oh man, I feel really sad that they're left out. But then we create distance because we're not going to be able to fix that you weren't there. And we can't help you understand the emotions that you're experiencing either. So the truth is, no matter where you engage with people or not, you deserve people to draw closer to you in empathy, especially when you're hurting, just as your friends deserve to celebrate their joy when they're connecting with one another. It's not about you being left out, but we do care. People care about you feeling that way and they want to be present with you and help you see how do you manage that because no one is immune to any of that, right? <sighs> That's what you get for an unscripted Mandy. It's a longer episode than most of them. <laughs> it's just me talking. Oh my goodness. And I have so many thoughts that I didn't say, which is probably good, but for the most part, I just hope that all of this conversation around FOMO, both within ourselves and as we see it in other people or as we aim it toward other people, um, that we would begin to experience it with a, a heart of curiosity so that we can find a pathway forward through our FOMO to dismantling all of those griefy feelings that try and define us instead of just informing us and helping us make decisions that lead us closer to one another because everything we do brings us closer to or further from ourselves and the people around us. So please don't let FOMO break your connections. You are loved. You are loved. You are loved. Thank you for listening to episode 36 of Restorative Grief. I appreciate that you have stuck with me through this unscripted episode. Hopefully FOMO uh, is not something you're experiencing right now, but if it is, I just want to give you a little reminder to give yourself a break, have some grace. And if you're not feeling like you have a safe person that you can connect with because you're having these big griefy FOMO feelings, I want to encourage you to be bold because that's exactly it, right? What can you do right now to move closer toward someone else and closer toward yourself? You can be honest. And the other person, if you say, I need somebody to be honest with, they'll tell you if that's not something in the real house right now. And that's okay too. But I promise most people are willing to make time and space for you. You just have to be bold and ask. And if you can't, I've got your back. You can always send me a message and ask, how do I say this? Because I'm happy to help you out. If you're new to restorative grief, I want to thank you for taking time to listen. Please make sure you subscribe and leave a review so that other people like yourself can find us out here in the world of a million podcasts, a billion podcasts, maybe, probably. Everybody I know has a podcast, it seems. And <laughs> uh, one last thing before you go, please remember the only solution for grief is to do the work of grieving. Thank you for listening and I'll see you next week.